I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to the PowerCat podcast, gopowercat.com's Kansas State Athletics show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Following an impressive victory over Nevada, 38-17, in a game in which the Wildcats scored 21 fourth-quarter points to break a 17-17 tie, K-State hits the road to open Big 12 play as the Wildcats travel to Stillwater to face Oklahoma State. The game is slated for a 6 p.m. kickoff on, you got it, ESPN+. And one more thing that I forgot to mention. K-State enters this game ranked 25th in the AP Top 25. They got their way in there. Oklahoma State's not far behind in receiving votes. Greetings, everyone. I am Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com, and this is the PowerCat pregame podcast, the podcast in which we take an in-depth look at Kansas State's upcoming game. And, of course, this week it is indeed the Wildcats and the Cowboys meeting at Boone Pickens Stadium down in Stillwater. As I mentioned, it is a 6 p.m. kick, so it'll be out of the Oklahoma heat because last week at Bill Snyder Family Stadium during that victory over Nevada, it was a boiler inside the stadium as fans fled as the game progressed, looking for shade and relief from relentless sun and heat. This game, though, has the heat turned up on both teams. Both teams come in at 3-0, but still facing questions. Oklahoma State has struggled on offense, scoring an average of only 24 points in getting to that 3-0 record that is far below normal Mike Gundy standards for his offense. Kansas State, meanwhile, will once again go into a game with a backup quarter. Skylar Thompson's knee is still not ready to put on the field, so it'll be Will Howard once again, and maybe Jaron Lewis in some spot duty as the Cats look to win in Stillwater. But K-State with Will Howard, hasn't been very brave with its play calling. In fact, as Ryan Wallace will state shortly, man, they have not thrown the ball down the field very often, and that is something they probably will need to do in this game and going forward as the Cats progress through the Big 12 schedule. And we are sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. K-State fans, visit the Robbins Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat location on Anderson Avenue in Manhattan for an exciting test drive. Robbins Motor Company, title sponsor of the PowerCat pregame podcast. And now we bring in our football analyst, football recruiting analyst, helps out with team coverage at GoPowerCat.com, Mr. Ryan Wallace. Wally, you've dug into Oklahoma State a little bit as we prepare for this Saturday night game down in Stillwater. What are your early impressions as this game approaches of the Cowboys? You know, I think, you know, generally speaking, I'm, I'm, they're not that different than Kansas state. (laughs) Um, and, and here's what I mean by that. They're 
offensively they're struggling um, and defensively uh, they're getting after it. Um, probably not to the level of success that we've seen from Joe Klanderman, um, but you know, typical Jim Knowles dialing up, uh, you know, attacks and um, being aggressive on defense, but uh, by and large, they're finding ways to win, you know, and, and here they are undefeated welcoming the wildcats in again in a different fashion maybe than the Wildcats have gotten off to their three and O start, but by and large finding ways to win um, in albeit kind of ugly fashions and, and uh, you know, not to the liking of Mike Gundy from a statistical um, perspective, not, not the Oklahoma state offensive of, of old fits. Nope, not at all. Missouri state was their opening opponent. They beat the bears 23, 16 Tulsa then visited Stillwater. 28-23, and then they headed out to Boise for their most impressive win of the season, escaping Idaho with a 21-20 win that wasn't a very pretty game to watch, including the officiating, but they have found a way to win, although they're only averaging 24 points a game. Here's the stat that just blows me away as we prepare for this game. As many problems as K-State has had offensively, uh, some inconsistencies and inability to throw the ball, Kansas State is easily outgaining the Oklahoma State offense, and that is a radical change for Mike Gundy to not have an offense that can just blow up at any moment. Maybe they haven't shown it, but they have struggled. What have you seen from the Oklahoma State offense that's led to these issues? Well, you know, injuries have been a big concern for them, and they've been battling them already You know, in the early stages of this season, um, particularly at wide receiver. Um, you know, they needed a walk on receiver to basically secure, um, you know, I, I say a game winning catch, but basically it, it secured their victory and their lead in Boise last Saturday night. Um, spectacular catch against the sideline. But again, a walk on that I believe is considered kind of their eighth to 10th best <laughs> receiver um, on the roster. And so th that's been a major concern and that's reflected in their stats. You know, you look at their offense, it's right now it's ranked ninth among uh, the 10 big 12 teams, 54% completion percentage right now. And they're only averaging 7.2 yards per completion. So it's not the big home run hitters. There are no Tylen Wallace's, you know, there are no, you know, big names like we've seen in the past, Des Bryant, those type of guys on the outside they still have some, some dynamic weapons on this offense. And I do think K state fans that are kind of expecting this, this Oklahoma state offense to be, um, you know, just down in the dumps and, and very poor. I do think they're maybe coming a little bit more into their own. They're figuring out kind of who they are. Okay. We're not the Oklahoma state offensive old, um, but we do have some pieces that, <clears throat> excuse me, that are a starting to get healthier along the offensive line. And B, they're figuring out that, okay, if we're not going to be a passing attack, we're going to start handing the ball off to a speedster like LD Brown. That's a veteran and a guy like Jalen Warren, um, who was really impressive to me against Boise state. He's a transfer from Utah state averaging over five yards per carry. And I think they're finding that, okay, we can start some things on the ground and then maybe that'll open the pass up a little bit more. So I expect to see an Oklahoma state offense that, uh, again, is not going to shock the world by any means against a K-State defense that has just been so strong and so impressive. 
but maybe an Oklahoma state offense that might play might um, play uh, maybe as good of a game as we've seen all season, simply because they're figuring out maybe what they are by this point of the year. Jalen Warren rolled for 218 yards on 32 carries in the win at Boise. And Spencer Sanders was second in the rushing category, 15 for 40. He's played two games this year. That is Oklahoma State's quarterback. He has not been the same guy we've seen. It almost feels like he's deteriorating. He was better as a freshman than a sophomore. And so far, his junior season isn't going so well. What's your evaluation of of Sanders? Well, yeah, I I think, again, the receivers haven't helped him much, but I do agree with your overall assessment of the fact that, you know, he he just hasn't progressed the way that we expected he would coming in as a freshman and certainly, you know, sophomore season and and everything like that. Um, But at the same time, uh, you know, one of the main reasons why I look at this game as being so dangerous is – from the quarterback play. And even though Spencer Sanders quarterback play hasn't been good, um, you know, he's, he's a very good game manager. I I think um, he's fairly cool and calm and collected in the pocket. He understands what Mike Gundy wants to do. Typically he's not going to turn the ball over a ton. Um, And so that's definitely lends itself more to Oklahoma state's favor um, than certainly what we've seen so far out of Kansas state's uh, quarterback position since Skylar Thompson has gone down. Well, let's talk about K-State's quarterbacks because this is an interesting contrast. You have a guy for Oklahoma State that has started a bunch of Big 12 games, and you've got Will Howard, who started some in the pandemic season, has played one full game and one and three quarters games this season for Kansas State, but he's never played in front of a road crowd like he'll see um, in Stillwater because last year of the lower crowds, I think in a weird way, uh, this is an advantage Oklahoma State, but I say weird way because you would expect that, but that's not really how he's played this season. I just, I question how Will Howard will handle this environment. Yeah, and you know, I I feel like fans that are listening are going to say, but you said that last week, and you said that last <laughs> week. I, I swear this is the last time I'll say it, but this really does feel like the, a, a true kind of measuring stick of where this, at least the offense will be. I, I think, and you would probably agree with this Fitz. I think through three weeks, we're, we're believers now in this K-State defense. You know, are they going to be this strong statistically throughout the rest of the year? I don't know, but I think, I think they're dependable with or without Khalid Duke. I think we know what this defense is with the offense. This is a huge opportunity for them to really show Okay, can they, you know, run the ball this effectively? Are they this bad throwing the ball? Is Will Howard, you know, this much of a liability under center? Certainly from a passing standpoint, for all the reasons that you just said. Uh, uh, and I think, you know, the road crowd is a big one for me just because he hasn't seen anything like this before. He's not seen this level of defense, um, at least yet this season. So, This is a this is a major concern for me, and I've been saying it, you know, ad nauseum, um, really from the beginning. And I know, you know, there's the the devil's advocate of this is well, if the bubble screens and the ground game is working, who cares if if you know the downfield passing isn't there because K State's finding ways to win. Totally get that, but Fitz, I dug through the basically every offensive play since Skylar Thompson has gone down. 
And this is alarming to me, and, and I'm a little surprised that it's not as alarming um, to more of the fan base and more of, of uh, the, the national following around K-State. Since Skylar Thompson has gone down, K-State's offense has ran 119 plays. Of those 119 plays, only 31 have been passes. And I think most of the fan base, and, and certainly you and I understand that, 26%. We, we recognize that. But here's what's crazy is – only 18 pass attempts since Skylar Thompson have gone, has gone down have been downfield for a minimum of five yards where they've thrown it at least five yards downfield. And of those 18 passes attempted five yards downfield, only eight have been completed. 7% of all the offensive play calls since Skylar Thompson have gone down have been, have resulted in a pass completion of at least, I'm only talking about five yards here. So again, you know, at some point, and you look at the structure of what Oklahoma State wants to do on defense, at some point, defenses are going to go, you know what? We have better talent, better just natural tools and players at, in play than Stanford, Nevada, and Southern Illinois had. We're going to go man-to-man and press cover your receivers because we don't think you can beat us downfield, not only with them, but with the quarterback throwing the ball to them. And we're going to bring a whole hell of a lot of heat at your offensive line and at your ground game. Hmm. And that is a major concern of mine heading into Stillwater. Those numbers are astonishing. Uh, You know, and I wonder what they are if you eliminate the number of passes downfield in that second quarter of the Southern Illinois game that went so poorly for K-State. Look, they've done what they needed to do to win those two games. They came out in the second half against Southern and said, the heck with throwing it, let's run it as often as we can. They ran the ball even more against Nevada. It was closer to 80% than the 74 you've got them at for the, the two games. It's an astonishing number, but they also got away with wins. They can't just run the ball anymore. It's it's Big 12 time. You're right. The defenses will be better. I know that runs contrary to what everyone wants to say about the Big 12. Oklahoma State's defense has been playing pretty well. This is not a typical Oklahoma State defense that will hang on close enough to let the offense outscore them. They've been winning games for the Pokes for the most part. What is different about this Oklahoma State defense this season, and why will that give K-State problems? Well, they haven't had a lot of turnovers, which typically I feel like has been kind of their calling card, as we saw in the Oklahoma State game in Manhattan last year, is they tend to create turnovers. So far, um, at least from the interceptions side of things, they only have one pick on the year, Um, but they're right up there with K-State in terms of wreaking havoc at the line of scrimmage. A lot of sacks, um, you know, a lot of tackles for loss and and quarterback hurries. Um, I I like the fact that they're, they're a very veteran group up front. And when I look at defenses and, and kind of what, what kind of unit is going to cause K-State problems, I look for guys that, you know, if you have kind of a a difference maker at each level, that seems to be a concern for me. And, Oklahoma State has one. You know, I think Brock Martin at defensive end is a guy that we've known about and seen him do his damage in the Big 12 for a number of years now. Malcolm Rodriguez is the same way at linebacker. 
And then Harvell Peel um, as a safety is uh, arguably one of the best, I think, in the entire conference. And so when you've got a difference maker at every level, that's an issue. Really, the, uh, the, the area that I think K-State might have the most success at um, is attacking their corners. Um, but again, that hasn't been the K-State offense strong suit so far this season. So I'm very curious to see, you know, if, if there's an, a way that Courtney Messingham can scheme a little bit more Malik Knowles, a little bit more Phillip Brooks, or even, you know, Imator Bebe getting a little bit more looks as we saw early on in that Nevada game, that great touchdown pass. You know, maybe that's an area that K-State can capitalize on. But right now, this is a run defense that is very stout, only 2.6 rushing yards per carry. So, you know, if, if again, the game plan is to live and die with Deuce Vaughn, um, that, that doesn't lend itself to the opponent this Saturday. No, it doesn't. And it does worry me. But I also know that they're not showing a lot for the playbook. They kept it pretty basic with the run game, even last week when they needed to run the ball. Is there something K-State can do to isolate? I, I like the idea, if they want to play man, of getting Deuce out of the backfield and, and splitting him out to see how they handle that because I feel like other guys can wreak havoc running the ball if they have space. I think K-State has the weapons, but am I wrong in not trusting that they'll use them properly. I'm not trying not to say Courtney Messingham's play calling can get a little tedious and boring at times, but brother, he needs to open this sucker up a little bit. This is a big game. Yeah. And you know, I think sometimes uh, they just, there's a tendency to get too caught up in, you know, wanting to set something up, hoping that it will work, you know, later on in the game. And it's sometimes there are moments in the game when it seems like, the K-State staff wants to do that, and you really would just rather them try not to set it up for later down the road. We need to do something right now. Um, I, I love the idea of getting this backfield a little bit more involved as receivers, and that is is one way that I think maybe they can try and out-scheme um, Oklahoma State is maybe getting Deuce Vaughn out in the slot. We haven't seen a whole lot of Joe Irvin um, as a pass catcher. I think he has that in his rep- repertoire. I mean, getting a wheel route going, we saw Keon Mosey take advantage of that last year, and I, I feel like Deuce Vaughn and Joe Irvin can do that once again this year. Um, you know, getting that diamond formation going a little bit more this week is another way that, you know, again, trying to keep this Oklahoma State offense, you know, or defense, excuse me, on its heels. And, you know, again, if the K-State, you know, playbook isn't to, you know, stretch the field vertically, that's fine. You know, I'm not asking K-State to be throwing bombs and, you know, totally spread the field around. That's, that's not really what their blueprint is, but like we've been saying, you've got to start throwing the ball, you know, a little bit more. And Chris Kleiman even said that, you know, we can't win big 12 games throwing 10 to 13 passes uh, a, a game against big 12 teams. I actually went back and looked at it last year, Fitz, just looking against Kansas, you know, the bottom basement dwellers of the big 12 last year, the least amount of passes attempted against KU that still resulted in an opponent win was 15 by TCU. And the next fewest amount was actually 24 by Baylor. So you've got to throw it at least you're thinking maybe 15 to 20 times uh, in the big 12 to result in a win, which is double what we saw K-State do against Nevada. So, um, you know, scheming it up, maybe getting Tyrone Howell more involved. I mean, there's a number of ways you can do it without, again, throwing Hail Marys, you know, over and over and over again. But K-State's got to find a way to do it. 
Does Jaron Lewis see the field at quarterback in this game? I think we're still going to see a little, little bits and pieces of both because I think, again, the way that the quarterback passing game has struggled you've got to try and find wrinkles and i think you know chris Kleiman again kind of hesitating to name either one kind of as a, a maybe not obviously we know will howard is going to start but maybe not being a little bit hesitant uh to say how much he's going to play and not ruling out jaron lewis is again kind of that you know, an homage to Bill Snyder, an ode to Bill Snyder of, you know, <laughs> keeping Mike Gundy on his, on his toes. And I, I do think we'll see Jaron Lewis, even if it's just to sprinkle in some, uh, you know, a little bit more of a, a quicker paced, even if it's an option or that kind of read option, look RPO stuff. I do think we'll see Jaron Lewis just as a wrinkle. Yeah. I've been covering the big 12 so long Wally that I've watched Scott drew in basketball grow into one of the better X's and O's coaches in the conference. Never thought I'd see that. And now Mike Gundy, I think today as we record, this is the 14th anniversary of the I'm a man. I'm 40 speech. (laughs) He's 54. Now I never thought I would see the day when Mike Gundy was, regarded as one of the grizzled veteran coaches of the Big 12. But here we are. That's our world in which we live. He has advanced greatly as a football coach, hasn't he? He has, and he's continued to surround himself with really top-notch assistants. And they make great in-game coaching adjustments, and we've already seen it this year. Um, you look at Boise, they're down 20 to seven. They go on to score 14 in the last six minutes uh, of the first half and end up holding on. So uh, he talked about it in his uh, teleconference this week um, with local Oklahoma State media members saying that, you know, they kind of knew that Boise has a tendency to come out fast and strong. The coaches adjusted in the second quarter and then again at halftime and um, really made some quality adjustments on offense to get Jalen Warren the ball and, again, milk that lead as much as they could. Missouri State, um, you know, they they got up big on Missouri State. Granted, they kind of had to hold on, but uh, same thing with Tulsa. They got up early, had to hold on, but they find ways um, to out scheme you. And again, you know, maybe credit to K state a little bit fits because two of those coaches on his staff, former wildcat. um, Well, one is a wildcat alum and one is a wildcat coaching alum, Charlie Dickey, the offensive line coach and Joe Bob Clements on the defensive line. um, You know, they were two of the better ones under Bill Snyder and no, no surprise that they're doing the same down in Stillwater. Joe Bob has been there nine years now. That's incredible to me. He's really settled in. And, you know, if there's an upside for me personally to this defense beginning to thrive a little bit for Oklahoma State is the fact that maybe Joe Bob will get a chance to be a coordinator somewhere at some point because I think he's worthy of it. It's just the way Oklahoma State's played hasn't always reflected well on the defense, which is common of a lot of spread offenses. And now that they need the defense, it's ready to step forward. It's It's been intriguing to watch. I know you have your thoughts about this game in terms of the outcome. But first, I want to get your thoughts on this game opened with Vegas favoring Oklahoma State by nine points. I mean, that's more than they've won by this season than any other three games. Were you shocked by that? It's settled down as we record this. I think it's at six. So the money's come in on K-State. But were you so shocked as I was with that line? 
Yes, wholeheartedly. Um, the way that K State has won obviously hasn't been great, but um, you know there's some out there from a national perspective that believe that K State's body of work, you know, is among some of the best in the Big Twelve, you know, if not the region right now. And so to see them come down, come in uh, at the gate at, at you know nine nine point underdogs was uh, very surprising, you know, and I, I guess maybe that's just again, kind of uh, paying respect to Mike Gundy and, and his team being undefeated, maybe, and and maybe the fact that K-State has struggled in Stillwater in the past. Uh, I'm not quite sure, but yeah, coming off a win against Nevada and then obviously what K-State did to Stanford early on and the way Stanford has since rebounded, that was astounding to see that number so high. So a two-part question for you, Ryan Wallace. Will Kansas State be able to cover that plus six they're facing and who will win this game well my two-part answer <laughs> or a uh, two-part question is going to be whittled down with one answer um i <laughs> i thought about this long and hard and and i do think it's going to be as as most of them are when these two teams face each other especially down in stillwater it's going to be a tight one I, I think there's a lot of similarities as far as when you look at different matchups and numbers and everything. I mean, it, it, it should be a really good battle, uh, but I'm going against the grain. I think with a lot of our staff and certainly, you know, a lot of the K state fan base, I think Oklahoma state not only wins, I think they cover and cover narrowly. You know, I, I see this being about a touchdown game, maybe, maybe a nine or a 10 point game. Um, and maybe that's, you know, a late field goal or something like that by the pokes down the stretch. But, I just uh, all the factors that we've already talked about from the road environment to K-State's problems uh, on offense, uh, this just it lends itself for me to, you know, coming down to maybe putting a little bit more trust in Mike Gundy's schemes. and, And I put a lot of respect into that win that they had at Boise. I think that might be arguably one of the best, if not. The yeah, I guess probably the best road win by any Big Twelve team uh, this season. I I think it was a they are not getting enough credit. I, I guess maybe it's because of the way that they did it yeah. for beating Boise and Boise. But yeah, to to answer the question, I it it pains me a little bit, and I'm I'm not very confident in it. But I do think Oklahoma State narrowly squeaks this one out. Well, they did have some good fortune before them in Boise to win that game. A a horrendous uh, early whistle on a scoop and score fumble that would have probably won the game for Boise. But you won. And as I've said on Oklahoma Radio all week long, at the end of the year, you know what's going to be next to that Boise State line? A W. And that's all that counts. And that's what Mike Gundy's done so far this season. Ryan Wallace, thank you very much. I appreciate your in-depth preview of K-State at Oklahoma State. It's going to be an intriguing game. And on the other side of this break, our football analyst, former Kansas State offensive lineman Brian Hanley, weighs in on his thoughts about the Pokes and the Cats, 6 p.m., Saturday night in Stillwater. I am Fitz, and this is the Powercat pregame podcast sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. GoPowerCat.com's Powercat podcast continues after this short break. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. 
there's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the GoPowerCat.com PowerCat pregame podcast sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. We just spoke with Ryan Wallace of our GoPowerCat staff, and now we're going to turn our attention to our own Brian Hanley, our football analyst, with his approach to this game as a former Kansas State offensive lineman. And, of course, Brian played on those 97-98 K-State teams, and he now holds down Frisco, Texas. Everyone is safe in Frisco. Brian Hanley is on hand. And we appreciate our sponsor, Robbins Motor Company, because at Robbins Motor Company, they strive to earn lifetime business and build relationships, selling quality cars, trucks, vans, SUVs, and offering top-notch parts and service. Robbins Motor Company title sponsor of the PowerCat pregame podcast. And now we bring in our college football analyst at GoPowerCat.com, former Kansas State offensive lineman Brian Hanley. Brian, K-State's 3-0, Oklahoma State's 3-0. K-State popped in at number 25 in the rankings this week. And yet I don't feel like we know a whole lot about either team. It's so early in the season. And both teams have gone through some things this year, overcome them, gotten the W's, but they do have questions. Let's start with K-State. What lingers as a worry for you about the Wildcats? Um, I, I mean, basically the same thing that I'm sure everybody has worries about, and it's throwing the football, is getting the ball downfield when we throw the football. Uh, this is going to be a test this week because they play really good defense. I mean, they just do. We're going to have to be able to throw the football. We're not going to just be able to line up and run it. Now, if we can, I'll be surprised and I'll be happy, but we're going to have to throw the ball down the field. We can't just try to dink and, and dunk our way through this football game. So that is my worry. And getting the receivers involved. Uh, we just we haven't seen enough big splash plays. And I understand our quarterback's been hurt, but he wasn't hurt the first game. But I understand that we've got some challenges. We just you got to do that in big time football. You just have to. You yeah. can't win unless you throw the ball down the field. Yeah, they've done what they've needed to do these past two weeks with Skylar Thompson hurt, and they've gotten the wins. Mission accomplished on that front. But boy, you got to be more diverse going into the Big Twelve. They haven't That's shown right. it, and the question is: Is it there to show? Ryan Wallace earlier in the show with an astonishing stat since the Skylar Thompson injury, K State has completed. Passes of five or more yards down the field, only 7% of the plays they've run. That's just unbelievable. But it's also a tribute to Kansas State's offensive line, line, or excuse me, offensive line, running backs, quarterbacks, everyone who's involved in that run game. Receivers blocking downfield. K-State has been able to cover that up. Brother, you're not going to cover that up in Stillwater. This defense nope. for Oklahoma State is leading the way. Weird to say, but that's happening. Oklahoma State is 3-0. They've averaged only 24 points a game. 
Outscoring them shouldn't be that hard, but against this defense, they will make it much hard, much more difficult than what we've seen so far this year. Can Kansas State do it? I think we can. Uh, But again, it's going to come back to opening up the playbook and doing a lot of different things. I'm sure there's plenty of stuff that we haven't shown, that we haven't done, that we've been waiting to do. This is going to be the week to do it. We, we just got to empty, empty the barrel per se, and, and just go play football, you know, mix it up, run, pass, run, pass, um, do a lot of different formations, motions, just do everything just and go get a win on the road against a really, really good football team. I believe K-State can do that. Uh, got to play on schedule. We can't have silly penalties and things of that nature. It's got to be a clean game. Uh, I think Oklahoma State, to be honest with you, I think they're a little underrated. I think they're a better football team because they play defense. You know, when you play defense like K-State, when you play defense, your offense can sputter along from time to time but but when, until they get it figured out when you play really good defense. And I believe Oklahoma State does that just like we do. Yes, indeed. Kansas State is giving up 15.7 points per game. Oklahoma State, 19.7 points per game. It's intriguing to me that K-State's offense is actually averaging more yards per game than Oklahoma State, and I can't explain that at all with Spencer Sanders at quarterback. But, boy, they're breaking in a lot of young players they've had some issues on the line with injuries they they appear to be healthy more healthy heading into this game but this Oklahoma State team needs to run the ball just like Kansas State because they have also been sporadic throwing the ball downfield is Kansas State ready for a run game like Oklahoma State's going to provide you know, it appears that we are, Tim. It appears that we, you know, whatever we're doing with our three-man line appears to be working. You know, just getting a ton of speed on the football field. So that appears to be working. And whatever they're doing, uh, and I've watched a couple of different things here and there. They're doing a lot of twists and line stunts and, and sending some blitzes here and there. It, it, it's working. You know, we're shutting down the run. We're not allowing teams to run the bo- the football. Now, Oklahoma State's a different challenge because they can run the football. You know, the, the competition is going to be stepped up, you know, quite a bit this week. Having said that, it's kind of what you mentioned. They don't throw the ball. Oklahoma State always has that receiver. They always have that guy. They don't have that guy this year. You know, they don't have that that dominant receiver that's out there that literally they can throw it to him every play and he can catch the ball every play and score a touchdown. They don't have that guy. Or at least they haven't shown it yeah. as of yet. But I believe that we can – it's going to be a tough game because they're going to want to run it and we're going to want to stop it. So I'm excited to see it. Yes, indeed. Their leading receiver so far this year is Brennan Presley with nine catches, 125 yards. Spencer Sanders has played in two games, their quarterback – 21 of 39, 255 yards, two TDs, one interception. He has not been what we expect from him. Jalen Warren has stepped in at running back, 52 attempts, 264 yards. He carried the ball 30-plus times in that 21-20 win at Boise. 
And Brian, I don't know if you saw any of that game. It was awfully late for your old man body. Um, <laughs> but uh, it wasn't really pretty. I mean, it was a 21-20 game at halftime, so there was a scoreless second half that tells you a lot about the course of the game. But Oklahoma State found a way to win. They overcame not playing well, a great college football environment on the road. I kind of feel like Kansas State needs to follow that same formula. It doesn't matter if it's not pretty. You just have to persist and find a way, even if it's your defense getting the job done, to go get a win on the road in a Big 12 venue, which I would consider Boise a Big 12-level venue. This game's enormous for K-State. Now, I've said that every week this season, (laughs) but I feel like it just keeps building. With every win, it builds, and now they're at Big 12 play and needing to make a statement not only to get to 4-0, but Oklahoma State kicked the tar out of them two years ago in Stillwater and they then uh, managed to win last year in Manhattan. It wasn't a pretty game, and I and Oklahoma State came out with the win. Chris Kleiman needs this game. He needs to get over this Oklahoma State hump because Mike Gundy is a good coach. We'll talk about that in a second. He's really evolved as a coach, but I don't think he's a better coach than Chris Kleiman. This is a almost a must-win if you want everything you can get out of this season. Well, look, it's it, we, at some point, and I know we've mentioned this on several different occasions, at some point the program has to take a step forward. Right. You know, and winning against Stanford, I believe that was a step forward. You know, as it was national TV game. Here we are. We're, you know, it was basically the first game of the year. I mean, it was on at 11 o'clock in the morning. So it's like, okay, take a step forward. Beat a team that everyone in the country knows. Here's another chance to do that. We're in conference play. I'm not saying Oklahoma State has been the greatest team on earth, but they're a really good football team. They just are. You know, winning this game takes another step forward. We're trying to build something here, you know, and get the program to where it needs to be. And you got to take the steps. This is one of those steps, you know, and you're right. It, 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 it keeps building. It keeps building. And this is another one of those steps. We got to win. The, I, I, I should say we got to win this game to set us up to where we want to be. I'm not saying that the season's over if we don't, but I just believe there's games that you have to win on your schedule. This is one of them. Yeah, I guess they can still have a successful season if, if they don't win this game. And even if they lose next week at Oklahoma, too. I had them four and two after six. And I think Iowa State in, what, three weeks after the bye week is really a winnable game for the Cats. Yep. So this the whole season doesn't hinge on this. But it does hinge on this if you want this to be a special season. Something that really breaks down the barrier, gets past that eight-win barrier, and and gets into something more. This game against a vulnerable Oklahoma State team, in some ways reminds me last year opening at Oklahoma. You wanted to catch Oklahoma Spencer Rattler early before they'd work things out. That proved to be really good for Kansas State. They got the win. This game, too, I don't want Oklahoma State in four weeks from now when they're better defined and better cut out. I want Oklahoma State right now in their current state of flux because I think K-State, even without Skylar Thompson, can win this game. But again, we've circled back. They're going to have to throw the ball. How would Coach Brian Hanley approach getting the ball downfield? Well, the first thing that I would do, Tim, and we saw it last week, get the tight end involved. Get the tight end involved. I I say that, I mean, 
people always overlook it. A tight end is a quarterback's best friend. And I know that's a cliche, but it is the absolute truth. Throw the ball down the middle to your tight end. They're big enough to take the hits that they're going to take because they are going to take them. Throw the ball to your tight end. Utilize them. That opens things up on the outside. That's what I would do first. And even before we tried running the football, because they're going to be stacked trying to stop us from running the football. I mean, it just is what it is. This is going to be one of those games where you're going to have to use the pass to set up the run. Because if we start gashing them, you know, throwing seam routes to the tight end, you know, and throwing post routes or and, and, and dig routes to receivers, eventually they're going to loosen up because otherwise we're just going to blow them out of the water and they're not going to have that. So utilize the tight end, throw the ball down the middle. It doesn't have to be 80 yards down the middle, you know, an eight yard pass, nine yard pass down the seam. You use the tight and we've got them. So let's use them, you know, and we've got plenty of them that can catch a football. So let's just use them. Use the backs as well. Use the backs. I feel like teams are, are catching on to Deuce going over the middle. I, I feel like teams have, have tried to take that away and they understand that, but they're not going to be able to do that if you use him and the tight end out of the back. You can't take away both. Right. So we got to utilize both. That's, that's what I would do first. And I believe that will open things up for our receivers going down the field and also open it up for our running game. Well, if you look at Kansas State's offense, there's a lot of pro-style elements in it, a lot of things that you might see on Sundays. And one of the things you see the most effective offenses do in the NFL is throw the ball to that tight end to open up everything. And it also allows you to kind of pick your matchups a little bit better. And this is a... An issue for Oklahoma State. This is a defense that has shown a preference for running man on the back end. I expect them to do it again this week in, in order to stuff that line of scrimmage to try to stop the run game. And that means you just got to win matchups. Uh, yep. you know. And not only that, Will Howard needs to deliver the ball, the line needs to protect. But if the receivers don't win their matchups, nothing matters. I think Malik Knowles can win matchups. We just haven't seen it yet. And damn it, I want to see it, man. This has to be the game in which Malik breaks loose. Yeah, it's got to be a big game for him. You know, you got to be able to beat one-on-one cover. If we're going to do the things that we think that we can as a team this year, your wide receiver core has to, at some point, be able to beat and win one-on-one coverage. Now, also... The quarterback also has to throw and give them a chance, and the line has to block. All those things have to come into play. Having said that, it's the receivers. It's your job because the one thing I will tell you, if you're open, the quarterback's going to throw the football. They're not just going to sit there and just not throw it. Hey, he's open. You know what? I'm not going to throw it. I'm going to hold it. They're going to throw it. So beat them early. Do what you need to do. Get the work done early. And again, every route doesn't have to be 40 yards down the field. It can just be a slant. It can be an out. It can be a dig. Whatever it is, just win. That will give your quarterback the confidence that he needs. If you can do your job and win, it gives him the confidence. And then when it's a 50-50 ball and he throws it up, And he's giving you the opportunity to go make a play. It's hard and it's difficult, especially for young quarterbacks, to understand that, hey, we might be even, but on a 50-50 ball, I'm going to win. A lot of times young quarterbacks don't take that chance. If you give them the confidence early and win early where you're catching the ball, he's getting it out, the confidence will grow and he'll give you those opportunities. 
Yes, indeed. Will Howard needs to show a big step forward in this game. We'll talk to him in the next segment of the show, but he's never started a game in front of a crowd like this, and this is going to be very interesting. I love Oklahoma State's environment. They're they're on top of you. I wish when they'd redone the stadium, they'd back the seats up a little bit because it's a little dangerous along the sidelines. The stands are so close, but those paddles slapping against the pad and, and the crowd's loud and the stadium's beautiful and, and the crowd, the fans remind me of K-State fans, I love this series. I'm glad this series will continue into the new Big 12 because I think this is going to kind of blossom into a more important, vital rivalry as the Big 12 goes forward. And strangely enough, as I mentioned to Ryan Wallace, I have watched Mike Gundy grow from someone we all questioned as an overall football coach into one of the better and wiser football coach now that he's in his mid-50s in the Big 12. And it's been a remarkable evolution. He can really coach football because these troubles that have faced them so far this season would have cost them a game or two in the past. He's got them at three and zero despite not playing particularly good football. Yeah, he's, he's definitely one of the better coaches in the big 12, if not the country, you know, it, X's and O's wise and what he does and how he recruits. I mean, Stillwater is kind of like Manhattan. I mean, so I asked you earlier before we got on, you know, and I, I know where it is. It's out in the middle of nowhere in Oklahoma. So you, you got to be picky about your recruiting. Now, Oklahoma is a little bit of a fertile ground as far as being able to recruit, but you can't get every guy to go to Oklahoma State. So what he's built and how their program has been so consistent over the years is definitely uh, a tribute to, to how he's blossomed as a coach, because you're right. When he first got the job, you're thinking, how did he get this job? You know, it seemed to be a, a bigger job than what he should have gotten. Well, it turned out he was the right guy for the job. Yep. yep. K-State's 3-0. and Oklahoma State's 3-0. and They kick at 6 p.m. Does Kansas State leave with the victory, Brian Hanley? I believe they do. It's going to be a hard-fought victory, but I believe they do. I believe it's 24-21. It may even be a field goal late, a field goal late, or maybe we kick a field goal early and hang on. But it's going to be it's going to be a, a fight. And you know what? I'm ready for the fight, and I think the guys are too. You know, and you like to see a tough tough football game you know last week was okay and you know we've had some guys let's get to a familiar opponent on the road and get into a fight and come out with a win that's that's excellent football that's a great football game and i'm looking forward to it well said he is brian hanley former kansas state offensive lineman and our go powercat football analyst that wraps up our second segment of the powercat pregame podcast as we get you ready for k-state oklahoma state saturday in stillwater at T. Boone Pickens Stadium. I am Tim Fitzgerald. This is the PowerCat Pregame Podcast, and we are sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. Make sure you check out Robbins whenever you're looking for a car in Manhattan, Kansas. After this break, we will speak with Kansas State quarterback Will Howard, and we bring in our own Ryan Gilbert to talk about the odds on this game what the bookmakers think, and what we think about all the action around the Big 12 as the GoPowerCat.com PowerCat pregame podcast sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. Motors on. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the PowerCat Pregame Podcast. We have spoken with Ryan Wallace and Brian Hanley, and they gave us great insight into this game on Saturday between Kansas State and Oklahoma State, 6 p.m. kickoff down in Stillwater. And we're sponsored by Robbins Motor Company, the dedicated team of automotive professionals at Robbins Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat will match you with a vehicle that suits your lifestyle and budget. Robbins Motor Company, title sponsor of the PowerCat Pregame Podcast. Well, we come down the home stretch of this week's preview of the Kansas State football game with our interview segment. And Will Howard has stepped into the spotlight, not only on the field for the Wildcats, but in the media room whenever he comes to visit us. He is surrounded. And that was no different on Tuesday during the weekly press conference up at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Let's get to Will Howard now and let's start off with him talking about playing his first true road game because keep in mind last year as a true freshman yeah he played on the road but it was in front of limited crowds that will be much different this week when will howard steps on the field in stillwater in front of a very hostile and fun college football crowd got to work the cadence and we're, we're going to work crowd noises you know this week in practice because we know it's going to be very hostile very loud environment you know this is my first time being in a game where you know crowd noise on the road is probably going to be a, a big impact and um you know it's gonna it's gonna take some getting used to at first probably but um you know i'm excited and i, I think it's going to be really cool to play you know in front of in front of a lot of fans at that at that place i've heard it's a really really fun place to play so i'm excited skyler says it's one of his favorite places to play and he has just said it's going to be really loud the, the fans are right on top of you um so you know just continuing to work work our cadences and um you know we're gonna we're gonna do that a lot in, in practice this week, and you know it's nothing we've never we've never done before, but um, definitely uh, just something we're gonna need to continue to continue to work on. Next up, Will discusses if he made strides between his first performance a week ago against Southern Illinois and what he put on the field against Nevada. Here is his response. There was definitely a lot more comfortability for me. I felt like out there, um, you know, I think the biggest thing was just not turning the ball over and being smart with the ball. Um, you know, when I play with my base under me and with my feet under me, and I, you know, that that's when I'm the most confident and when I'm when I'm playing the best. So just continuing to harp on that and, and staying on, you know, staying staying on my base. And there's a lot of things that I still need to work on, and we still need to work on. But um, just continuing to grow in those areas will be big time. And what is the key to moving the ball for these Wildcats? You know, they're they're a big physical team, and we're going to have to be physical too, and we're going to have to. Um, you know they, they play a lot of man coverage. We're gonna have to win against man coverage, and uh, you know they're they're we know we know that they're physical, and we know that we're gonna have to play as physical as we've been playing the last couple weeks. We continue our talk with Will Howard as we lead up to the Oklahoma State Kansas State game Saturday at Stillwater. Will Howard now addresses the importance of keeping a positive mindset. Yeah, definitely. You know, Coach Klein always talks about that feeling that you get when you walk off the field. You know. 
you know, whether you win the game or lose the game, you know, you can lose a game and walk off the walk off the field saying, man, you know, I, I know I gave everything I had and I know, you know, you walk off with, you know, a good feeling and, you know, you can win a game and walk off with, you know, a bad feeling in, in your mouth, that bad taste in your mouth. Like, you know, we, we kind of got really well and I felt like I, you know, improved a lot, you know, obviously still have a lot more to improve on, but, you know, a game that we kind of left with that, you know, good taste in our mouth and then, you know, kind of a good feeling and, you know, and that feeling is like like no other, and you want to replicate that as much as you can. So, you know, I'm excited to get that one back this weekend. And let's wrap up this interview segment with Will Howard with a great question from Kellis Robinette of the Kansas City Star and Wichita Eagle about the Revenge Tour 21 that this Kansas State football team is on. And Kellis notes that the offense has really embraced that motto laid out by offensive lineman Noah Johnson. You know, we had a tough year last year. And it's something that's kind of keeping us all going, keeping us all together. You know, we use it in fall camp a lot to say, you know, we would make up these these venues that we were going to, you know, each practice, like different places around the world. And it, it kind of just kept a positive vibe. And, uh, you know, Noah's, Noah's been great and, and uh, keep, just keeping it light. And, you know, it's been it's been really, really fun. And, you know, and it really is. It's a revenge tour where, where you know, we felt like we – didn't have our best year last year and we you know we owe some owe some teams um you know another another shot so you know we're excited we got we got a chance this weekend and now we bring in our own ryan gilbert to talk about the gambling aspect of this game the odds the spread all of those things that go into his deviant life as a degenerate gambler It's about right. <laughs> hey, buddy, how you feeling, man? You've been sick all week. I'm feeling better. I don't have whatever you think I have, but uh, I'm feeling better. Hey, I'm just putting things together. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I know what you have. It's an interesting slate of games. We know it well because we've all been bitching about K-State and Oklahoma State being on ESPN+. Plus. That's another topic. Let's start with the two non-conference games. We have six games total in the Big 12. One that intrigues me quite a bit, SMU v- visits Horn to Frogland at TCU. TCU's a 10-point home favorite. But if I recall, SMU won last time this game was in Fort Worth. Correct. Yep. And they didn't play last year because of the pandemic. But you are right. They won last time they played. And I like SMU here. You know, 10 points I think is a little too much. Uh, you know, the, the ESPN FPI gives them a 33% chance to win, which isn't great. But, you know, you would think that the uh, you know SMU could keep this game close. I mean, they've, they've put up 534 yards per game. I think they'll keep it close in cover. Now, this is an interesting game to me because I think SMU is pretty good. Actually, I think that 19 game might have been in Dallas at SMU's field. I don't know. They don't have far to travel. That's the beauty yeah, of it. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure about TCU. I just don't know where the Frogs are at. I'm kind of with you. I think SMU loses, but in a closer game than what they're spelling out. Kansas goes to Duke. This game is on the ACC network because it is an ACC home game. Duke, which is 2-1 and one and not really thought of as a good team this year, is a 13-point favorite. Oh, Kansas. Oh, no. And I was just thinking maybe they were better. And then Baylor just stomped them last mm-hmm. week. I think Duke runs away with this. I think you're right the more I look into it. But, you know, I want to bet Kansas here. That's kind of what my, my gut tells me. Because you're a secret Jayhawk? But exactly. Okay. You've, you finally figured me out. Yep. But I've lost way too much money, not only this season, but last season as well, betting on Kansas. So <laughs> until things change, I'm going to have to go with Duke here. But I am hesitant. You know, this team lost to Charlotte. Shouts out to Timmy Horn. But 
I just can't trust KU with my money here. I can't. I I thought they looked pretty good at times against Coastal. I like Jason Bean as a quarterback, and then they opened Big 12 with a thundering loss at home to a team that is supposed to be down towards the bottom of the standings mm-hmm. with them. Maybe Baylor's better than that. We will find out. Let's turn our attention now to Big 12 conference play. Texas Tech goes to Texas. They're still in the Big 12, right? Uh-huh. What year ki- is it? We haven't kicked them out yet. What year is it? I don't know. Okay. I have no idea who where knows? I'm at. I have no idea who I am. Texas Tech at Texas. Texas opened as a huge favorite. It's dropped down to mm-hmm. eight. Some people think Tech is the sleeper in the conference, and I find this really weird. K-State popped into the top 25, but if you ask a lot of writers, Tech is the dark horse, not Kansas State. Does Tech win or cover here? Nah. Nah. We've talked about TCU a lot with the uh, you know the Fort Worth Dallas area mm-hmm. and the bias that those Texas schools get. So I'm not buying into it yet. I think a people a lot of people are overreacting to that loss to Arkansas with the Longhorns. I think Texas is going to be fine here. I'm honestly shocked that this line shrunk. I thought it was going to expand in favor of Texas, but it did the opposite. So I'm going to gladly take the points here. Interesting. West Virginia goes to Norman, Oklahoma to take on the mighty and fearless Sooners who are ranked number four in the country. Gills, I've watched a little bit of Oklahoma. I'm not blown away by the Sooners Mm -hmm. as of now, but that kind of follows the script they followed last season. West Virginia has had its moments of good and bad, losing to Maryland, beating Virginia Tech last week. Oklahoma's a 17-point favorite. After watching Oklahoma-Nebraska, I find that hard to believe. I, Mm -hmm. I Granted, every game's different, but I would say West Virginia with the cover here. Sure. I mean, you've watched some West Virginia mm-hmm. this year, right? They're I mean, they're good. not a bad team. No, seventeen is a real deal. Way too many points, and Oklahoma has failed to cover, except for that game against Western Carolina, you know, against Tulane and against Nebraska. So, I'm going to expect the same result here. I think West Virginia keeps it close, even if Oklahoma does get out to a big lead. You know, a backdoor cover could happen. We've seen it time and again with Spencer Rattler and that team that they they like to to put on cruise control once mm-hmm. you know the fourth quarter comes. So, I like West Virginia one way or another. Outside of K-State, Oklahoma State, which we'll get to in one second. The most intriguing game for me this week on the slate is Baylor playing host to Iowa State. Now, what happened last week uh, or over the last few weeks, I guess, has kind of changed my perception of this game. Iowa State has struggled. They played a pitiful UNLV program last week in Cruz. UNLV's out like on their third quarterback. I don't know what's going on out there in Vegas. And Iowa State finally looked competent this season, but they haven't in their first two games. They lost Iowa. Let's not forget that. Baylor looked really sharp, particularly in the second half. In Lawrence, Iowa State is a 7 Point favorite, yes, seven point favorite in Waco. Your thoughts? I'll be the first one to criticize Iowa State. I think they're very overrated. I don't think they're as good as people think, but seven points is not enough here against Baylor. You don't think so? I got Baylor ranked at number nine in my power rankings that came out this week on Go Power Cat. So I've got to go Iowa State here. I mean, you look at the way they, they played against UNLV, they're riding high. And sure, you can say the same thing with Baylor, but you know, Kansas is just as bad as UNLV. So I guess you could kind of go both ways here. But my gut just tells me Iowa State. I think this is a lot more than a one-touchdown game. Okay, so you have Baylor ranked ninth in your Big 12 rankings, and they just won at Kansas by nearly 40 points. I guess you've got Kansas 10, but they're more like 15, aren't mm-hmm. they? There's one through nine, and there's a big gap between the last team. That's horrible. <laughs> 
Okay, so I'm baffled by the line. It opened at a nine-point spread for Oklahoma State with this game with Kansas State and Stillwater. Oklahoma State hasn't won any games by nine points this season, and including lesser competition. Mm-hmm. Kansas State rolls in with a ranking, with an unbeaten record. It's down to six points. feel like it's getting more in the neighborhood, I understand, but I think this is going to be an exceedingly close game. I think K-State covers. I suspect they win, but if I was just gambling, I certainly would feel good about a K-State cover. Your thoughts? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of value with that money line as well, with it being a six-point spread. But I'm with you. I think this is too many points, and Oklahoma State was fortunate to beat Boise State. Did you watch the end of that I game did. with the fumble? And I did. I guess the no fumble. But, yeah, I mean, you're, there's not a lot of games, no matter what the circumstances are heading into halftime, that you can win when you score zero points in the second half. You know, I'm well aware Chris Clement talked about it on Tuesday in his press conference that, you know, K-State, same thing kind of happened in 2019. They got off to a 3-0 start, and they beat Mississippi State on the road. And then they kind of just crapped the bed in Stillwater, their first game in the Big 12 Conference. Same thing here. They've beaten Nevada. They've beaten Stanford. I think Chris Clement's going to have his guys ready. I don't think history is going to repeat itself. Do they win? I would say yes. I know Wally's skeptical. Uh, you know, K-State's without a lot of key players, Skyler Thompson, Khalid Duke. I think the defense, though, is going to keep them in this game no matter what. Even if they lose it by a field goal, the defense yeah. is playing at an exceptional level right now. And so is Oklahoma State. Oddly enough, Oklahoma State has won all three of their games by a, a narrow one-point or one-digit margin mm-hmm. and hasn't broken 30 points all season. It's a very strange Predicament. Mike first Gundy team to has what? a team. I, I think the first team to uh, above 25. Yeah, 24, 21. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, anyone that gets in the upper half of the 20s is probably in pretty good control here. We will see. It's going to be an interesting game. I'm very intrigued what we will see from these two teams down in Stillwater. How are the Big 12 picks going with the whole, the <laughs> don't whole ask. staff? That bad, huh? Well, I don't know about the whole staff, but my, my picks last week were awful. Hmm. Awful. Well, oh, I never saw Oklahoma and Nebraska being that close. What is that about? <laughs> Wally picked uh, Pitt to cover against, what was it, Central Michigan or Western Michigan, mm-hmm. and they lost. <laughs> so <laughs> could be worse. That's not good. Yeah. Not good at all. But one more thing with, yeah. with K-State, that team is due for a special teams play. Oh, they are. Wouldn't you they? say so? So that's what it's going to take for them to win this game. And I think they're going to get one of those big home run plays. You know, they talk a lot about this revenge tour. It's kind of been a fun theme this mm-hmm. year with inside the locker room. But I really feel like Chris Kleiman needs to go on his own revenge tour. And it starts with Oklahoma State that's got him twice. West Virginia's got him twice. Baylor's got him twice. It's ironic that he's beaten Oklahoma twice and lost to all those teams twice. Mm-hmm. Starts right here. They, they need to start climbing on top of these programs, climbing up that pecking order. Why are they picked seventh? Because you have lost those games to those like teams. It's got to start Saturday. So are you saying Oklahoma is going to beat K-State this year? The opposite of the revenge? I I think so. I mean, I I can't imagine three (laughs) wins over Oklahoma. But I couldn't imagine imagine two. I couldn't imagine two. And here we are. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Thank you. And that will do it for this edition of the PowerCat pregame podcast sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. Make sure you head over to GoPowerCat.com to check out all of our pregame coverage of Kansas State and Oklahoma State. Much of it free content. My five keys to victory and my score prediction. 
or set behind the paywall for our VIP users, but maybe it's time you became a subscriber to GoPowerCat.com. And make sure you check out our daily deliveries almost every day at GPC. You can find them at our site or go check out our YouTube GoPowerCat channel where we post all of those. I am Tim Fitzgerald. It's Kansas State and Oklahoma State. Let me correct myself. It's 25th ranked Kansas State and Oklahoma State. 6 p.m. T. Boone Pickens Stadium in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Streaming exclusively on ESPN+. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.